Radio Draw. Who is it? It's me, Dave. Open up, man. I got the stuff. Who is it? It's me, Dave, man. Open up. I got the stuff. Who? It's Dave, man. Open up. I think the cops saw me come in here. Who is it? It's it's Dave, man. Will you open up? I got the stuff with me. Who? Dave, man. Open up. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Come on, man. Open up. I think the cops Dave's me. not here. No, man. I'm Dave, man. Hey, come on, man. Who is it? It's Dave, man. Will you open up? I got the stuff with Who? me. Dave, man. Open up. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Dave's not here. No, man, I am Dave, man. Will you? Come on. Open up the door, will you? I got the stuff with me. I think the cops saw Who me. Who is it? Oh, what the hell is it? Go, man, open up the door. It's Dave. Who? Dave, D-A-V-E. Will you open up the goddamn Dave? door? Yeah, Dave. Dave? Right, man, Dave. Now, will you open up the door? Dave's not here. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to Radiodrome, I'm Josh Hadley, and as you can hear, tonight's topic is going to be Richard Cheech Marin and Thomas Chong. And joining me this week, because Brad and Brian are, I don't know, somewhere, joining me this week is semi-regular, regular doormat, Dane Forgione. Greetings. And first time to this show, Charlie McMullen from the Geek Juice website. I'm pretty sure Dave was there. The reason I asked you two to be on was Brad and Brian were going to be out of town, and they both told me that while they've seen all the Cheech and Chong movies, they're not really big fans. And Charlie, I know you're a stoner and a big Cheech and Chong fan. Guilty! Dane, I know you're a big Cheech and Chong fan, so why not do the Cheech and Chong retrospective with a stoner and another Cheech and Chong fan, right? Yeah. Good thinking, Josh. Surprisingly, with Charlie being a stoner, he remembered to show up, which is pretty good for you. Thank you, Charlie. Shattering stereotype. Charlie Something was happened. late, though, because he had to make a, a run for the border. That's I, I will get that more than anyone else listening, because I do live next door to a Taco Bell, Josh. So l- let's start at the beginning of their filmography. So first of all, we have 1978's Up in Smoke. This is after they had several successful comedy albums and successful tours. Up in Smoke, I think this movie is absolutely hilarious. And as a non-stoner, that might come as a bit of a surprise. Well, from the straight perspective, I think it's actually a very funny movie. I think some of the jokes are extremely dated. There's enough humor in it that's really not about dated 70s culture that it's still pretty funny. Well, I've enjoyed the movie as a stoner and as a non-stoner because I first saw it when I was 10 years old. And your listeners will be happy to know that I was not a stoner when I was 10 years old. But I, I works on multiple levels. I mean, it, it introduced me to comedy. It introduced me to two-man comedy. whole third act introduced me to punk rock music. It, it worked on every level for me. It's, it's awesome. This is most people's introduction to Cheech and Chong. At least I hope so, because as a Cheech and Chong fan, some of their mid-'80s stuff was kind of weak, I think. And unfortunately, if, if you see those first, the mid-'80s stuff, the other stuff doesn't seem nearly as funny. But here's the weird thing for Up in Smoke for me. I'm not a stoner. I've never done a drug not prescribed to me by a doctor. I don't even like taking aspirin unless I'm about to go scanners. I find the humor really funny. And and I think one of the strengths of Cheech and Chong in all their movies is, yes, they're, they're stoner movies and they're pothead movies. At the same time, at least probably a half to two-thirds of their movies are not pot jokes. I mean, most of their stuff tends to be just swipes at at society and straight-out satire, and then there's also some pot humor. I was going to say vaudeville. A lot, of their, uh, a lot of the bits between scenes, there's a few in Up in Smoke, there's a lot more in uh, Nice Dreams, and there's especially a lot more in Things Are Tough All Over. But those are just bits that stand on their own from, they're pretty much just enacted versions of the bits they had on the albums. 
what I, one of my favorite scenes in the first movie is that's the most acid I've ever seen anybody eat, man. Yes, that was a word-for-word -word recreation of a bit they used to do on stage before Up in Smoke came about. Hello. <laughs> I think one of my favorites is a sight gag after the woman snorts all the Ajax and she starts making those faces that Jim Carrey would be proud of. That face defined the duck face. I mean, you see it now, but it's never the same. It, well, and, and then you also had just bizarre casting. Tom Skerritt as Pedro's <clears throat> cousin. Yeah, that's some bizarre <laughs> casting right there. That's the best acting Tom Skerritt has ever done. <laughs> is strawberry. And this is pre-alien, so he wasn't really famous yet. But but then but the Up in Smoke was a huge success with both stoners and non-stoners. They had a very unique marketing campaign for it. What they basically did is they marketed the movie on rolling papers. The gigantic rolling papers that that Chong pulls out when they're when they're parked on the side of the road. I mean the movie it's it's well directed, it's it's funny, but at the same time I can kind of see what Dane's talking about, how parts of it are dated. Then after that, but so so next movie I think is a great pun for a title. Because not only does it tell you exactly what you're getting, but it's making fun of the, the then-emerging sequelitis that was starting in Hollywood. I, I can tell you exactly why it's called that. Because it was their next movie? When after Up in Smoke hit at the box office and did like really well over in Europe, Universal signed him to distribute their next three movies, the catch was they had to give them pitches for their for their next two movies right there on the spot. They just said Cheech and Chong's next movie, and nobody bothered to think of a better title. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you want to talk about... Now, I still think the movie's pretty funny, but you want to talk about dated references? Pee Wee Herman as the hotel clerk? I think they're Iranian! That, that's a dated reference right there. I, like how, I, I like mean, that's the time, though. Did, did, didn't he appear as Pee Wee later in the movie? As he actual did. Pee Wee Herman, uh, uh, wasn't he being, yeah, I think he was being heckled. Yeah, it was the scene in the comedy club. Paul Rubens was up doing his Pee Wee act on stage. Uh, I think it was like the Irvine Improv or something. And uh, Cheech, no, Chong and Cheech as his cousin Red were heckling him. And then there's also Elvira as, not as Elvira yet. She hadn't even become Elvira yet. But Cassandra Peterson has a very small role in this as one of the hostages on the crappy movie that Chong's girlfriend works on. Wamba. Exactly. Rita Wilson was there, too. Personally, w one of my favorite things is the whole peeing for the probation officer. Yeah, I had my sister pee in it, and she's pregnant. <laughs> it's really going to screw with them. The, a question I've always wondered is, how come Cheech took a back seat and he mostly played the cousin Red in the movie? Was there something behind that, that he only played him, the character Cheech for like a small portion of time? There was There was a little something behind that. At that time... Cheech had just started to show signs of wanting to ditch the whole stoner act and and do like straight entertainment. Uh, he just figured that you know if I had to do this movie because they were con contractually obligated at the time, if I have to do this movie, then I'll just I'll be playing even more of a character than I already have been. The first time he shows up is red. Hey, Cheech, how you doing? God damn, you got ugly. One of my favorite parts are again are just some throwaway things. The the parts with the house where man is playing the guitar so loud it's literally knocking Cheech across the street. The screaming at him through the noise is some of the funniest like facial acting that Cheech has ever done. Or, or the literal smoking of a roach. That they they keep the beer in the fish tank. <laughs> wasn't wasn't that the the movie with the really uh, pressy neighbor. You are vile and diseased. Yep. And yeah. And, and, and then and then and then so Chong pulls his motorcycle out the window to kill the guy's little precious flowers. Michael Winslow has a bit of a part as the, of course, drugged out sound effects guy. Yep. Yeah. When they're in the uh, unemployment office, I think. In that same scene, there's a guy sitting across across the aisle. He's in a bathrobe and he's like nodding out. That guy, I don't remember his name, but he is a he's a friend of Tommy Chong's. He was Lenny Bruce's father-in-law. No wonder he looked messed up. Yeah, right. And he probably just got a contact is, is that, high. Is that the old guy that was just laughing uncontrollably throughout that whole scene for no apparent reason? No, it was the guy sitting next to the, next to that guy. And then, there, then there's always, and this is something. If anyone's got the DVD, go and look for it. The, the the really poorly one poorly directed scene where they did not have the camera framed properly where man is pissing out the window on the flowers if you're seeing it widescreen you can clearly see the the grip's hand that's pouring the water out that's supposed to be the urine well another another goof that i noticed i don't know maybe if i looked at it wrong in the scene where cheech accidentally drinks the pee 
you could see the hose connected to his hand when he's pretending to throw up. Yep, yep. I remember it goes, that. It goes, it goes right up his sleeve. And, and this is one of the weird movies that when they when they put this one on TV, even today, if you still every now and then it pops up on like TBS at three in the morning. They for whatever reason don't want to endorse the snorting of the cocaine when he jams his face in there. So it's called a bag of diamonds. Yeah. They, they keep saying he's he's got a bag of diamonds. So apparently. He's snorting diamonds in the TV version, which is really bizarre to me. Which makes him cough up suds for some reason. It, it just—I've always found that strange when you see this one on TV. Earlier today, I watched Up in Smoke on Comedy Central. <laughs> they just should not have even bothered with that. It makes no sense with everything objectionable cut out. Well, we're, we'll actually get to that in, in after the next movie. But then next we have Nice Dreams, which is technically the actual sequel to Up in Smoke. Timothy Leary. Well, and the fact that it's got Stacy Keach returning as Sergeant Stadanko. So right. that's why I'm saying this is the Nice Dreams is the actual sequel to Up in Smoke, since it's the only one that features the reemergence of Sergeant Stadanko. Nice Dreams actually has a little bit more of a plot to it than the other two. The other two are Up in Smoke and Next Movie are really, the way I look at it, loosely connected vignettes. Whereas this one actually has a plot of them selling drugs from their ice cream truck and Sergeant Sedanko getting higher and higher and turning into a lizard for no apparent reason and you know trying to bust them. And this one is the closest to having an actual plot. Paul Rubens comes back again, but this time as a mental patient. I do have to point out that Stacy Keach wasn't the most easy person to work with on Up in Smoke. He was a real trooper to come back and place Sedanko as a stoner and slowly turning into a lizard yeah it's it's my understanding that that is the reason he came back because he wanted like a less straight character to play like basically just more fun to have well because basically he doesn't do anything in the entire movie except turn into a lizard and get baked that's it he he shows up in the car at the end but they never explain why and, and he's like half lizard and sticking his tongue out like and it's yep. just it's just bizarre. And yeah, he looked like he was having a really good time. I've got to wonder how much he got paid to do that. Really low budget. By the time they, they made it to Nice Dreams, they uh, got to the point where Tommy Chong took over as director, and they basically financed the movies themselves and then sold them to the highest bidder. Tended to still be Paramount. Yeah, in most cases it was Paramount, but they always wanted to have that kind of a bargaining chip, you know what I mean? My favorite scene in this one is the scene where, where man is trying to cook. And he's just literally like pouring batter right on the burners and flipping them over and stuff like that. Yeah. Paul Rubens, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You actually sounded a little bit like him there. <laughs> I'm not sorry. And then the, the next one, they never really actually say that they're Pedro and the man and they're credited as Cheech and Chong, which would be It Came From Hollywood. So what's this movie about, man? Oh, it's about all kinds of things, man. It's like a bunch of crazy movies that they put together. It's like like The Incredible Shrinking Man versus The 50-Foot Woman, and they try to get it on. No, man! Remember all those movies about brains? That's what it's about! Brains! <laughs> Don't listen to them. Come on, I'm the one plugged in. Let me tell you what it is. It's youth. It's fun. It's everything you, the audience, is about. There's dirty parts, too. This movie is about movies that have scary monsters in them. And the monsters come and they smash you. And they get you in and then a great big alligator comes and gets you right by the throat in this movie like that. And you can't get away. Ah! Do not bring valuables. They will only slow you down. Are you sure it's this way? I think so. I was almost sure that it was. Ah! think will be the next obstacle the earth people will put in our way well as long as they can think we'll have our problems i want my money back and right it, it, it's not really a cheech and chong movie although them and dan Aykroyd have the best parts in the movie 
it came from Hollywood as one that our audience might not be familiar with due to the fact that it's never going to get a DVD release. They've outright admitted that due to all the different rights issues surrounding it. So you can only get it on VHS or Laserdisc. The prototype for Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I'm not being facetious on that. Joel has admitted this is where he got the idea for MST3K. Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Gilda Radner, and Cheech and Chong we're going to show a bunch of clips from 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s movies, all grouped by like the ones that involve the brain and whatnot, and we're going to make stupid comments over them. And the Gilda That's Radner and John Candy bits are painful to sit through. Their host segments, Dan Aykroyd looks like he's high the entire time, which makes his stuff really fun. And he che- definitely was, by the way. And Cheech and Chong had the segment on... Big people and little people, i.e. stuff like The Amazing Colossal Man and The Incredible Shrinking Man, and drug movies. And they had a lot of really funny bits. They even have the entire opening segment, which I'm not going to ruin for anybody, but it's really funny. She sounds like a nice powerhouse group of people to make jokes at bad movies. But like I said, a lot of it fell flat. A lot of it, it seemed like, like they were watching the movies or the clips for the first time, and just every now and then making a funny off-color comment. Like, during the scene with uh, Fiend Without a Face, where all the, the brains with the spinal columns attached are breaking through the house, Dan Aykroyd's got, Oh, I just sprayed for brains last week, man. Where's my guarantee? I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was. I mean, for the time that it was made, that was you couldn't do much better than that when it came to, to comedy. And, and that was the genesis of what would become Mystery Science Theater 3000, because Joel saw that and said, there's something to this. Now, Dane, you make it sound like you haven't seen this one. Is It came from Hollywood 1 that you have not seen? No, I have not seen that one. Man, it was a long time ago. I, I own it on, on, yeah. on Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that surprises nobody. No, I, I would be surprised if you didn't. But this is one that, it went, if you saw it when it debuted on NBC, this is why I brought this up when you talked about like the TV stuff, almost all of Cheech and Chong's segments were cut. The entire thing on, on the drug movies was cut. The scene of Chong having the munchies when he's trying to buy basically the entire snack bar, and he, he, right. gets, he gets literally a garbage can-sized popcorn. Almost all their stuff is cut. If you saw this when it debuted on NBC back in, like, 85, you didn't see much Cheech and Chong. So that's why this was a strange one. So that's kind of a Cheech and Chong movie that's not a Cheech and Chong movie. I mean, that's why it it died such a horrible death, and you can't find it anywhere now. Well, and then they were going to put it out on DVD, but when they found the the rights to clear all the clips, they said it'll never happen. Paramount's right. outright said this will never get a DVD release. There's even covers out there. They had the DVDs pressed, so there might be leaked copies out there. Re- you know, review screeners or whatnot might have leaked out on DVD, but it'll never get an official release. When I right. when I think of Cheech and Chong movie, that's not really a Cheech and Chong movie. I think of After Hours. We'll we'll get to that. Don't don't jump ahead. We're we're going chronologically. But the next one is a non Cheech and Chong movie. That's Got Cheech and Chong in it, and that's 1983's Yellowbeard. Oh, I love that movie. I love Yellowbeard. I think Yellowbeard is hilarious. This is the first time you really saw them playing against type, because you had Chong as the lisping king on the island, and Cheech as his ever-put-upon Kiff Croker-style second-in-command, who really is as powerless as, as Kiff is when it comes to Zap Brannigan. One of the things that would really throw people off if they're going into Yellowbeard thinking it's a Cheech and Chong movie is the fact that they don't even show up till about the 50-minute mark. In uh, in Cheech and Chong, the unauthorized autobiography, Chong just flat out describes Yellowbeard, uh, Yellowbeard as a pity f- It, 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 it was right smoking. after Things Are Tough All Over and Still Smoking. The producers of Yellowbeard were just looking for uh, like anything that would the appeal in like what? to American audiences. What's really sad about this movie, not to like bring everybody down, but the amount of people who passed away that were in that movie. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. it's um, like a time capsule, man. And uh, Marty Feldman actually died during production. That's why his character gets such an abrupt death, and it's from behind because it was a it was a stunt man. So the, yep. they, his character just abruptly gets killed for absolutely I mean, no if you reason. Think about it, like Peter Boyle and Graham Chapman and Madeline Kahn, they they all passed away. 
watching this movie, it's kind of depressing after a while. And the, the movie is a funny movie. I think a lot of it works, even though I think it was Graham Chapman that said, this is the worst script he's ever agreed to make a movie for. Oh, yeah. And I disagree with that. The movie is a funny movie. I don't know how funny it is because of the script, though. Oh, okay. What what wound up on the screen is funny. Let me rephrase that. Yes, that's absolutely accurate. Then we've got Things Are Tough All Over, which is back to Pedro and the Man. And this is one that I think I love the first half. The second half, like when Rip Taylor gets involved and they start dressing up like drag queens and the movie just falls apart. But all the stuff where they're freezing and selling parts of the car and and trying to wash their clothes that they're wearing at the laundromat, all that stuff's funny. Well, yeah, I mean, this is what I was talking about when I was uh, when I mentioned vaudeville and how Cheech and Chong definitely have roots in vaudeville. I mean, that the part where uh, Cheech is uh, is the Iranian businessman and uh, he's getting his toupee adjusted, he's saying hairpiece, but it sounds like herpes. That is 100% of vaudeville bit, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and and the, the, the doctor putting it in is Proctor from the Police Academy movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was it was the first Cheech Chong movie that I went into it, and I was just like, meh, wasn't really that good. I mean, I, I kind of liked it when they were playing the Arabs. Their earlier stuff at that time was much better than Things Are Tough All Over, in my opinion. Except, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying... I think you can see that they were trying to go for a different route because while Pedro and the man are still drug humor, they amount to maybe what a third of the movie. If that they were trying to play these different characters sort of like, like you brought up with, with Cheech playing red more in next movie than he played Pedro. It seems like they were having much more fun playing the Arabs than they were Pedro and the man. Cheech also made a really bizarre appearance on Elvira's movie Macabre back in 82, where he played Satan, which was sort of a strange one that you could, that's where you could all already start to see the break between him and Chong. Elvira said she didn't invite Chong. She just invited Cheech. And I'm sure that probably added a little bit of division to their partnership right there. If anybody could play Satan, it's probably Cheech Marin. I'm sure he had a good time doing that. <laughs> Okay, and then we've got Still Smokin', which I think of the real Cheech and Chong movies is probably their weakest. I can see them trying to expand in Still Smokin', but at the same time, I, a lot of the humor is just flat. The best line is the part where Chong is videotaping everything, and the waiter tries to kill himself, and he goes, No, no, no! Don't do it! I gotta change reels! <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I liked when the guy was calling him Mr. Burt Randalls and Miss Dolly. Yeah. Exactly. I I can explain that one to an extent too. When they made the the deal with uh with Universal, the other pitch that they came out with was just the Cheech and Chong concert movie. And so uh when it when it came time to do that, they said now you have to do a concert film. They were touring all the time, they were kind of tired of it, so they did they did a half concert film and a half just sort of the vignettes that connect stuff. Like they invented this whole fictitious backstory of them being invited to a film festival, but only because the organizers are Dutch and they think they're Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds. The movies when they're doing the championship wrestling and they're taking on the Invisible Man, and they, they, they I forgot if it was Cheater Chong was stretching the Invisible Man's balls across the ring. Yep. And it's just like, whoa, he slipped, he hit those balls. Well, you can't see invisible balls like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, balls really hurt when they're flying around like that, believe me, I know. That's right, Byron Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is the, uh, this is the first one with Eddie Torres, the extra testicle. Yep. Me, 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 me. That was a bit they, uh, they couldn't do on a, album because it's like really a visual piece yeah so they were sitting on that for years until they had the opportunity <laughs> and of course the infamous ralph and herbie sketch oh the dogs i love that bit my god i love that bit One of my favorite i don't know what got into me oh i sure as hell know what got into me you must have hit a nerve or something man <laughs> and then we have what was basically no it wasn't officially the death of cheech and chong but basically the death of cheech and chong as we know it and it's a movie I think is genuinely funny as well, and that's Cheech and Chong, the Corchigan Brothers. 
I, I really do see what they were going for. I think a lo- parts of the movie really fall flat. And this is the, the reason I, I say this is kind of the death of what Cheech and Chong was. There's no pot humor in it. This is, this isn't a stoner film at all. In fact, it's just the opposite. A friend of mine, when he saw this for the first time in about 20 years, he said, I don't think I've ever seen Tommy Chong that clear-eyed before in my life. My favorite part in that movie is when the uh, bad guy is going to boil Cheech in oil, and he's like, any last requests? Oh, yeah, can I tell a joke? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Can it be a dirty joke? (laughs) (laughs) He just, he he starts, he's stalling and stalling, and it just, that was the one part that made me genuinely laugh. The reason why the the Corsican Brothers was, was like that is because that's the only way that Tommy Chong could get Cheech to come back and do another movie. Because uh, at that point, Cheech was really wanting to break away from the pot humor. Uh, he didn't want to get pigeonholed. So uh, they, they were obligated to make one more movie. Tommy Chong wrote the script. He sent it to Cheech and said, there is no drug humor in this at all. Now will you do it? And that was the only way that Cheech would come back to do it. It flopped with audiences hard. Yeah, probably because of the fact that fans went, went to a Cheech and Chong movie. And they didn't get a Cheech and Chong movie. And they, the studio knew even before the movie came out that it was going to bomb because it doesn't have any of the Cheech and Chong hallmarks. Uh, there's a story, I don't know if it's true or not, it was only a rumor, but there's a story that during production, someone from, like, I think it was personally the head of the studio, mailed Tommy Chong all the way over in Scotland where they were shooting this, like, $500 hash pipe with a little note that said maybe some of this. Wow. I don't think so, man. Okay, and then now we come to... The After Hours, the Martin Scorsese film, and Cheech and Chung really don't have a large role in this, and I don't know about the DVD, if the DVD box plays this up or not, but the back of the box has a very prominent photo of Cheech and Chung and makes it sound like they're main characters in the in the movie, and yeah. they're not. I know, exactly. <laughs> they were not main characters at all. They were like a Greek chorus, almost. But uh, that that's the same kind of situation as, as Yellowbeard. Uh, Martin Scorsese he was getting pressure from the studio to make it, give it more of a mass appeal. So the answer to that back at that time was throw fucking Cheech and Chong in there. And I, I also want to talk about the Cheech and Chong movie we never got, but we kind of got. And that would be the Bill Murray movie, Stripes. Well, that was, that was supposed to be Cheech and Chong? That was originally pitched as Cheech and Chong joined the army. But then Ivan Reitman didn't like the idea that Corchigan Brothers hadn't quite come out yet and they were still really hot that he said it wouldn't be my movie. It would be a Cheech and Chong movie, and Cheech and Chong would be calling the shots. So that script yep. was written as Cheech and Chong joined the army. When they dropped out, it was rewritten for Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. I'll tell you the truth. I'm kind of glad they did that because the way Stripes is, is still a really funny movie. Oh, I agree. Part of me, I, I have to admit, part of me is very curious to what Cheech and Chong joined the army would have been, though. Part of you kind of sure, would like I'm to sure see it. I'm sure it would be littered with pot references and all that sort of stuff. I, I lie awake at night wondering what that would, would have been like. All right, and then next we have what's the official death of Cheech and Chong. I think this is one of their better ones, and I, I'll go into this in a little bit more detail in a minute. I think Tommy Chong was being an arrogant douche when it came to Get Out of My Room. He he said, and obviously this is right when MTV is you know at its probably biggest in the 1980s and Cheech had the idea to make a ho- not only a home video something directly for home video but also parodying music videos and Chong said that's going backwards you don't you start at videos and then you make movies you don't make movies then go to music videos and i think that's an ungodly arrogant statement from him i i say i say that it was and and it wasn't I mean, from an artistic point of view, I would side with Tommy Chong because at this point he had directed four major studio releases that made collectively that made a whole bunch of money for their studios. I mean, he didn't want to take a step back like that. He he didn't want to do what was pretty much just a really long live sketch. Nothing against Get Out of My Room. I think it's funny. I think it's one of the like accurate music industry satires of that era. Like it's Get Out of My Room and this is Spinal Tap. Staring at the CD of Get Out of My Room right now, it's in my room. And since you brought that up, it's kind of funny that the album Get Out of My Room and the video, they have almost no crossover. They're they're two totally different right. entities, which I think that might have been another 
division between them because you can kind of tell in that that even though the 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 Chong character is supposed to be disinterested and doesn't really want to make the videos you can really tell that Tommy's not acting when he's doing those scenes there's that scene where they're having lunch and he gets up and leaves you can tell when someone's acting mad and when they're really mad he looks like he just literally got up and walked off camera and all pissed at Cheech I don't think that was in the script it it was not in the script because that that looked too way too genuine he really looked like yep. he was getting fed up with the whole Cheech and Chong thing at that point. And then the fact that the the final third of the video, Cheech is, or Chong isn't in it at all. It's all Cheech. So you can tell basically Tommy Chong walked off the set and said, that said, I'm not doing this anymore. I, and it's, it's odd considering Far Out Man came out at around the same time and Cheech does have a campaign on that. Uh, actually, th- those are about four years apart. So w- we'll get to Far Out Man because of... Four years is a long time for you to bury the hatchet. Get out of my room. I think it's a funny video. I think it's it's kind of a shame that it's not available on Region 1 DVD. You can yeah. only get it on Region 2. And I and that's the only Cheech and Chong movie I don't have on Laserdisc. There, there was no Laserdisc release of that one, so that kind of ticks me off as a collector. Okay, and then, and then we have, speaking of, Born in East L.A., Cheech decided to make that video into a really terrible movie. Oh, that movie was painful to watch. Yeah, that that movie, basically that story to me works as a music video, not as a 90-minute film. What's happening? And then you got, like, Michael Madsen as the, the caller outside the strip club. Charlie, what's your opinion on Born in East L.A.? Because I think Dane and I have made it pretty clear what our opinion is. Yeah, it's clear that you guys do not care for Born in East L.A., but there's a lot of stuff about that that I like. I mean, if you ask me, immigration being the issue that it is now, Born in East L.A. was ahead of its time. The only part I thought was funny was all the different ways he tried to cross the border, like in the freezer and stuff like that. But those are just quick little 10-second sight gags. The whole the Satan get behind me thing I thought was terrible and the changing the tattoos in jail and... I just thought that the movie was, I agree with Dan, that was a painful sit. That was a painful well, I mean, that's, 90 minutes. That's, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, Born in East L.A. was not perfect by any stretch, but it was well-intentioned. And I also find it funny that they were able to get Jan Michael Vincent for the music video, but they couldn't get Jan Michael Vincent for the movie. I just find that weirdly ironic. You get the star who, and I know it's a strange for our audience to know when Jan Michael Vincent was actually a name. He was a name when he did Born in East L.A., the, the video, and he, he was kind of falling when he did the movie, so you'd think they could have gotten him cheap. And then we come to Far Out Man, which clearly had a, a very tumultuous, a, a very tumultuous making, because the movie was made in 89, right? released on video in 90, then recopy wrote in 1991 for some reason. So this film had a lot of legal issues. And I personally love it. I think it's a hilarious movie. And it's a shame that it only appears on a crappy full-frame DVD. Because I've never seen this movie widescreen. Except when you watch the trailer that's on the DVD, all the footage is widescreen. So it was clearly shot wide, and no one has seen forth to release it widescreen for whatever reason. And I don't get that. It's got Tommy Chong playing against type. Kinda. It, it, it's got it, it's it's got a lot of big name stars in, in small roles. It's got Michael Winslow, basically playing his character from the Police Academy movies. It's it, it's got C. Thomas Howell playing himself as a douchebag. It's got his entire family playing themselves as douchebags. It's got Judd right. ne- it's got Judd Nelson playing himself as a douchebag. <laughs> Do you kind of see a Martin, pattern Martin here? Mold. <laughs> Martin Mull playing himself as a pretentious douchebag. Yes, and then you've got the weird dream sequence cameo by Cheech in the movie, which I thought, I really do commend Tommy Chong on this. That was a legitimate surprise when it happened in the movie because it's not in the trailer. His name's listed nowhere on the box or in the credits. That was a legit surprise when he's falling asleep at the wheel. Man, what's the road, man? You're gonna get us killed. Yeah, Lee. 
Siege? Huh. Hey, man, I said, wake up! Look, you're gonna just want to stay on the white line. God damn. Man, don't you have any coffee or anything here? What am I doing in this movie, man? I got development deals all over town. I'm out of here. And, you know, so it's a self-aware fourth wall-breaking joke, too. And I just love that. To me, Far Out Man seemed just like Tommy Chong's Vanity Project. I mean, he directed it, he wrote it, he produced it. Yeah, I, I was just like, Vanity Project. But at the same time, I thought it was a funny movie. Where When he goes into the pharmacy, man, I need some Coke. And they hand him a Coca-Cola. No, 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 I just need stuff that looks like Coke. And he's smashing up aspirin and everything. Uh, a little more niacin for the rush. That stuff will really mess your head up. Is that the shit? Here you go, man. That's a lot for $1,500. Well, I got a real good connection in Fresno, man. It's bullshit, man. This much for $1,500? From Baltimore to Kokomo, I made my score with blow. No, that's good stuff, man. It's 100% pure stuff. It must be stepped on. It's pure, man. That's 100% pure. Well, let's give it the ultimate test. He's got that whole bizarre animated hippie land sequence. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I'm C. Thomas Howell. I played the black dude in Soul Man. <laughs> and, okay, so Far Out Man, I thought it was funny, but it, it it flopped hard, and it didn't even get a good VHS release. The VHSs are hard to come by. I just I th- I think I preferred the legend of Far Out Man more than the actual reality of the movie because the reason Far Out Man came about, I mean. Th- it's four years between Born in East L.A. and Far Out Man. This is why I thought they were so close together earlier. It took him a while to sell the script because Cheech is going to do like some kind of socially conscious movie like Born in East L.A. So Tommy Chong says, okay, you wanted to move away from drug humor? How about all the drug humor we can cram into 90 minutes? You, you also see them branching out into other movies at this time. Like you had Cheech as the, the doc supervisor or whatever in Ghostbusters 2, the little cameo he had in that. And then you, you had you had Tommy Chong doing movies like National Lampoon's Senior Trip, where he basically played he basically played the man as a bus driver. Well, and then of course Cheech went on to Nash Bridges, and then then I there, think you're you're forgetting something. Which one uh, are we forgetting? You're forgetting Cheech and Oliver and Company. I'm not talking about his well, his goofy cartoon work. Okay, I'm I'm also not talking about goofy cartoon work. Although, damn, good on you, Oliver. Oliver and Company is definitely worth mentioning. Well, hang on, uh, hang on a second. There is technically a quote unquote unofficial Cheech and Chong reunion in Ferngully, the last rainforest. They do share a scene for like literally like five ten seconds. Well, yeah, you're you're getting into the mid '90s now. What I was talking about was, I think, uh, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think '88 or '89, Shrimp on the Barbie. Okay, I've seen that. I don't remember... I, I just remember that sucking bad. Studio's attempt to uh, sell Cheech Marin as a romantic lead. To Emma Sams. I know. But no, the, the, one I, the one that I'm thinking of is the Cheech and Chong movie that's done, that's in the can, that we're never going to get to see. And that is 1998's Best Buds. Cheech and Chong got back together. They shot the movie directed by Chong. The studio and Chong 
are so far apart on their cuts of the film that neither one will back off of it. Tommy Chong says he will not in any way, shape, or form ever release the version that the studio wants him to release. The what studio- is the movie supposed to be about? That's the thing. We don't even know what the plot is. He's confirmed him and Cheech got together. They shot another stoner movie called Best Buds, and he said for legal reasons he can't talk much more about it. The script was never leaked on the Internet as far as I know. Right. So all we know is that there's a, there's a movie, a two, technically two movies, because you have the producer's cut and Tommy Chong's cut, sitting on a shelf somewhere, completed. He, he said that they were done. Final edits locked, music, everything that are never going to see the light of day. So we are, we'll be lucky if, come the apocalypse, somebody finds the film vault it's in and we actually get to see Best Buds. As much as I hate to say this, it might happen when Tommy Chong passes away, like maybe the estate of Tommy Chong will release it or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, they might, depending on how much money they get offered for it. Hey, it's the lost Cheech and Chong film. But yeah, I hate to say it, Dane, but you're probably right on that. And, and that is kind of a sad way to look at it. So, yeah, we have that complete. We so have... thanks for that, Captain Bringdown. Yeah, Captain Bringdown, thanks. Okay, now, I don't know what they're going to do with Nice Dreams in this, but it was recently announced that they are getting back together to officially make Up in Smoke 2. So since Nice Dreams was the official sequel to Up in Smoke, does that mean Sergeant Stadanko's not a lizard anymore? They're, they're probably going to keep... Uh, It'd be really like great the... if they could get Stacey Keach to come back for it, too. Yeah, I think the the best way to go for that would be to bring Stacy Keach back in full lizard makeup. Yeah, I think that would be funny. And obviously, we don't know really anything about it. I, they just announced it. I, I'd be surprised if if Chong even has a script at this point. Other or, than he probably just pitched to be an, an idea. animated movie that they made called like Try This Man or something that nope. was supposed to come out this year. Uh, it's supposed to come out this year. I think they said around Christmas. It's just called Cheech and Chong's animated movie. But, and but, what I think that is is just animation built around excerpts from their recent stand-up tour. Right, which that's the other thing. Cheech and Chong's Hey, Watch This is a documentary about their reunion tour. Yeah. And then you technically, you you do have a, a Cheech and Chong reunion on The Simpsons. That episode is what gave them the idea. And personally, that was not a funny episode even remotely. Good on them for getting back together didn't, for the Simpsons. Didn't they also have a cameo on a South Park episode, or was that just sound-alikes? I don't watch South Park, so I don't know. Uh, no, that was actually them on the uh, the Cherokee Indian tampon commercial. That was actually their voices. They played the fake Native Americans. I think it was it was one of the Grand Theft Auto games, I think, that both of them do voices for. But I don't think it, their characters ever meet or anything like that. But I know... Cheech and Chong both do voices for one of the Grand Theft Auto games. It, it wasn't a Grand Theft Auto game. It was the Scarface game. Scarface, that's it. I, I knew it was one of those open-world, mobby, you-can-kill-anyone-you-want kind of games. Okay, yeah, it was a Scarface game that they were both in. To sum up, Cheech and Chong's career, Dane, as a fan, do you think that, that, that the movies overall still hold up? Overall, not counting some of the dated references and the bags of diamonds, but overall, do the do, does their filmography? Now I'm just talking their filmography together. Does that would, hold up? I would say, with the exception of the Corsican Brothers, it does hold up for me. I say it absolutely holds up. And I agree. Oh, and also, uh, there's there's a couple other things, just minor things we we should point out. Tommy Chong was a drug dealer on an episode of Miami Vice, and he was actually quite good in that. So if a Cheech and Chong fans want to find that, he's actually quite good as the, the he's actually a, no, actually I think he's an arms dealer in that episode, isn't he? I don't know that it was Miami Vice. I thought it was Nash Bridges when No, 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 Cheech he's he, a... No, he's on Miami, he's on Chong's on Miami Vice. He's either a drug dealer or an arms dealer on an episode of Miami Vice. Cuz I I know I've got that on tape when it first aired. And I believe I believe it was it was a drug dealer. If you're talking about the Miami Vice episode then yeah. Okay. Let's also not forget the hilarious star turn for Cheech in Golden Palace. Yeah, that the Golden Girls spinoff, that didn't go anywhere. Actually, when Golden Palace was on the air, uh, I remember seeing Cheech Marin on uh, Celebrity Jeopardy, and he won. <laughs> and, and it was a huge it was a huge thing among stoners, saying, who says it kills brain cells? Look at this. Cheech just beat both of these people. 
Okay, uh, now this is just a personal thing. Is it just me, or does Cheech just look wrong without a mustache? Very wrong. He just doesn't. It, it, lo- he looks weird his, to me. His upper lip almost looks naked. Well, and then of course he was on Lost, and he was on Rob Schneider's sitcom last year as uh, Rob's yeah. like father-in-law or something. All twelve people that saw that, I'm sure. Now, when he does Lost, I can go, okay, I can see, you know, maybe that's an artistic turn. When he does Rob, I'm seeing, okay, the check cleared. Because to me, that, that, that's, a, that's the show you do when they offer you a dump truck load full of money. And, and every, course, everything, uh, everything Robert Rodriguez has made since uh, Desperado. And supposedly he's supposed to be in Machete Kills, despite the fact that he gets pretty brutally murdered in Machete. Oh, he gets crucified, sir. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know if he's playing the same character in Machete Kills or or if he's a ghost if, or <laughs> if it's an old school Robert Rodriguez movie, Cheech will be playing like three or four characters in how, Machete how Kills. How about how right. about when he was in From Dusk Till Dawn? That great, great, great monologue that he. Had. And I wish I could play that clip, but I can't on this show, or I'd insert that clip right here. Oh, I love that that whole rant. I Supposedly, mean, the bar, it's just it's incredible, and there is nobody else on this earth who could play that better. A friend of mine did the effects for that movie, and he said none of that was in the script. They just told him, you know, kind of do something like a carnival barker about <laughs> pussy. He he ad libbed that whole thing. That is is brilliant. Like a carnival barker. That's awesome. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Where can we find Dane Forgoni? Mentalcast.tk. All right. Charlie McMullen, where can people find you? Find me on www.geekjuicemedia.com. I'm on Trailer Park every week, and my uh, short films have been premiering with some regularity. And you also appear on Live Nude Geeks and Snark Attack with me. That's true. Josh and I, uh, every Monday, live nude geeks and uh, snark attack whenever possible. And then you can find me at 1201beyond.com and contact me at 1201beyond at gmail.com. So go out and get baked and listen to this episode again. Night, guys. (laughs) 